Hello and welcome to another episode of Life with Lopka. This week we are continuing where we left off last week with the single season. And today we are talking being equally yoked and what that means. In the Bible it says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? This is in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. And I found that usually in relationship uh, discussions or in relationship sermons, they usually talk about being unequally yoked. Do not be unequally yoked with your partner. And it always, it fascinated me what that meant and what in practicality that was like. A friend of mine and myself, we were talking about this because we always thought of that lady in church, that lady that comes to church by herself for years. And you see her on Sundays come to church by herself. She's praising, she's worshiping, she's praying, she's devoted. And after years of going to church, you find out she has a husband. She's been married all this time. She has a husband who sits at home on Sundays. She's always praying for his um, salvation, for his come to Jesus moment. And she's always in church carrying the spiritual weight of the relationship while he's at home. We were talking around the concept of never wanting to be that woman. That if we were going to be in a relationship with someone, we wanted to be in a relationship with someone Christian who held the same values and the same relationship with God as we do. Because another thing we discovered was that a lot of people in the dating world are Christian in name, in title only. They are Christian in title only. There's no prayer life. There's no relationship with God. Maybe we go to church on the high holidays, but that is the extent of what Christianity means to them. And whether or not we were willing to be okay with only that. She had a friend whose girlfriend refused to marry him because he didn't go to church and his girlfriend went to church and she was devout and she had a relationship with God and he was of the understanding that church didn't really mean as much. He was Christian, he said his prayers and that should be enough and it wasn't enough for her and he felt that that was unfair. And maybe, yes, that is unfair for him. But for her, she felt completely justified in not wanting to be that woman who goes to church alone, not wanting to be the one who she can't trust her partner to fight spiritual battles with her, to pray on her behalf, to, to be there to support her when she can't necessarily do that for herself. And this is not only 
you know, I'm not to say that this is men only, like women are of this mind as well sometimes. It could be the inverse. I don't know. I'm speaking as a female. So from a female perspective in all of this. And and I really had to think about that and how important that is to me, that you have a partner with a spiritual life and a prayer life and a, their own relationship with God and what that means. And I'd spoken to people who are in relationships and people who are single as well, people who are married. And we were really just talking around the subject of what it's like to be with someone who doesn't necessarily have the same relationship with God that you do, what it means to be in an unequally yoked relationship. And it led me to the song, <laughs> as usual, that I really love and that only that I only just drew parallels to. It's called The Bones by Maren Morris. And it basically relates a relationship to a house. That when the bones of the house are good, when the foundation and the structure of the house are made of good, sturdy material, it can withstand just about anything. And the chorus of the song says, when the bones are good, the rest don't matter. The paint could peel, the glass could shatter, let it break, because you and I will remain the same. When there ain't a crack in the foundation, baby, I know any storm we're facing will blow right over while we stay put. The house won't fall when the bones are good. And so many times in the Bible, you know, our faith is related or paralleled to a structure, to being built on solid ground, to being built on a solid foundation. Don't build your house on the sand. And that stands the same for your relationships. It needs to start on a solid foundation. If you start your relationship on on rocky ground, sooner or later, when push comes to shove, the ground will crack and no amount of filler could fix that. And we fall through the cracks and we wonder why our relationships end and there's divorce or there's hurt or there's pain when really the foundation was unstable to begin with. They always use this funny device when building. It's called a level to measure if the ground is level or if the shelf will be straight. They use a level. And we need to use a level for our relationships. And this is not only dating relationships, but friendships as well, even in families. I think sometimes because it's a family where it's your family, we're more hesitant to put up boundaries or to really take the level to our families and go, you know, this is not level. <laughs> like something is not right here. It's not, this is, it's not okay. It's, 
we're on shaky ground and we've been building on shaky ground. It's the same with generational curses that perpetuate themselves from generation to generation to generation because the ground was shaky to begin with. It was uneven and we just kept building on top of it and on top of it. And every time the wind would come, the the pressure would be put on the foundation and it would crack and it would crack and it would crack. And it has to take one person to be like, I am not going to live on this shaky ground anymore. We break it all down, we sweep it all away and we start from the ground up. And that is really what is necessary for future relationships as well. It's the same as if I love kids. I absolutely love children. I want so many kids. All my friends judge me about it. I don't care. (laughs) And if I was in a relationship with someone who didn't want kids, that's, it's not possible. We could have the same interest in everything and that one thing would be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I, I, I would not be able to do that. And I wouldn't want to force another person to then want something on my behalf that they don't want for themselves. A lot of times we get into relationships maybe with someone who doesn't have a strong um, faith life as we do. And they do abstinence and uh, prayer and worship and going to church, all of these things for you. And at some point, if it doesn't become something that they do for themselves, resentment comes in, anger comes in, then you're just leaving this little crack in the door for all this negativity and all the temptation to flow in because you're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it for someone else. And we can't do these things for someone else. We have to want it for ourselves. We have to want it for our own lives. And so many times we take on things for another person and later on we realize, you know what, actually, no. Even if it's for you, I can't do this for you. Which is why, like I said last week, this single season is so important to find out exactly who you are. Your motivations for doing things, why you want things, your why. Find out your why. So in friendships to come, in relationships to come, this is something you know. This is something you understand. I was in an unequally yoked relationship hoping I could bring someone else to God and he had no interest whatsoever, none. And at first it was okay, but later on that was not okay at all. It just wasn't, it, it was like the verse says, what does light have to learn from darkness? Like what, what, what? No, there is no. There was no, there wasn't a compromise that could be made there. It just, they couldn't exist together. 
Because light is there because of the absence of darkness and darkness is there because of the absence of light. Really, to put the two together would be in a perpetual twilight, in the state of light but not light, in the state of confusion really, and God is not the God of confusion. So what this all boils down to is maybe unequally yoked relationships don't look like, don't have the same foundation, I guess, don't have the same requirements, don't have the same requests as mine. But to find it out and understand what that means for you when it relates to your relationships. It's the same with friends. You need friends who you have things in common with. You need a community in which you can surround yourself with, who you know will support you, will be there for you, who really wish you nothing but the best. Nobody wants friends who, I don't know, if you're not a party animal, they're partying every weekend. They can't be there for you when you need them, but you are able to be for, there for them when they need you. It's unequally yoked. We can't do that. At some point, the friendship crumbles because we're not here for the same thing. And that is something that needs to be applied to, to all relationships. To find what it means for you to build a healthy, stable relationship. It doesn't mean that the person you are with needs to be interested in all the same things you are. You need to agree on everything that you basically have to be with someone who's exactly like you. That's not it at all. But the foundation of your relationship needs to be so interlocking of one another, needs to be so bricks to cement, needs to hold each other together, needs to be so stable. There needs to be this understanding that this is what we are building our relationship on. This is the ground, the foundation that our family, our future family needs to stand on, needs to grow from. And we need to bring out the level and we need to place the level down and see if, <laughs> and see if it's level and see if it's straight, see if it's solid, see if we're on the same page with where we are going in this relationship. And if you are dealing with someone who your foundation, your core values is not the same and you're waiting for them to get to where you are, and maybe they're waiting for you to get where they are. That's already shaky ground. That's already uneven ground. That means you're standing on one height and they're standing on another and you're both waiting for one another to get on the same level. I was around a couple who had dated for 10 years 
because the guy never wanted to get married and he never wanted kids. The girl wanted to get married and wanted to have kids and she wanted him and she was willing to stick around until he became of the mind of marriage and kids. It took him 10 years to propose and then another two years before they had a kid. And once they'd done all of that, within the next year, their marriage crumbled. It crumbled like a house built on sand. The wind blew, the storm came, and the house crumbled. And I looked at this relationship and I was like, this was 10 years worth of filling in the cracks with some polyfiller, with some cement, just putting in another brick there where a brick was missing, just stuffing a hole with something else to make a foundation seem stable. And then when it all came down to it, it was so lumpy, it was so uneven that the moment a storm came, it all just broke apart. That relationship deteriorated to such ugliness that I really just stood there and thought, wow, wow, this, I, I, <laughs> I do not ever want this for my own life. But then I also understood clearly what it then meant to be in an equally yoked relationship, to understand how important the foundation of your relationship is, to understand your why in a relationship, to be so discerning and aware of what it means to build a healthy, stable relationship and then move within your relationship from there on. I reiterate again that you need to find your why. Someone else can't be your why. Doing things because another person requires that from you is not enough. You need to find your own why. If you can't find your own why, then you have no business trying to do this with another person. It's not fair to put that weight on someone else and make your happiness, your place in this relationship dependent on another person. I always said in the grand scheme of dating someone who is just Christian in title and not in practice is, again, I can't be your why. If I say, you know, I'm abstaining until marriage 
and this is something you cannot get on board with, then go. You're, I'm sure your wife is out there somewhere. It's just not me. But my, that is not going to change for me. And, if, and that's not going to change for you. If you're like, I'm willing to try this out for you. Uh, no, that's not going to work for me either. <laughs> like, if you want to try it out for me, then within yourself, you need to find a better reason than just me. You need to look into what abstinence means, what it means for you, what that entire journey means. And I mean, in every relationship, it's different. It's not necessarily abstinence. If you require your partner to go to church and they can't, like, stand being seated in church for an hour and a half, you can't be the only reason why they go to church. There has to be something more. There has to be that want to form their own relationship with God. Otherwise, when things get rough, they look to you to make it right because you go to church. And again, you're the only one bearing the spiritual burden. You don't want that either. So being in an unequally yoked relationship takes many different forms. These are just a few examples because I've been in conversation with people about these points of discussion. But I think I then finally understood that when the bones are good, the rest does not matter. When you've built your relationships, your friendships, your family on a good foundation, the rest is small things. Things we can work through, we can cry through, we can argue through, we can pray through, but it will not shake the ground on which we built this relationship. So I hope this just inspires conversation. This just inspires conversation. I'm not here to try to change anybody's lives or I don't even have the qualification to be giving advice into your life. But I hope it inspires a conversation. That when you're sitting with friends or you're sitting with family or whoever, if it's a stranger you speak to in passing, I hope it inspires conversation. I hope it brings clarity. I hope it just does something, <laughs> anything. Thank you once again for listening to me. If this is something you'd like to share, by all means, share it with friends, family, like, whatever it is you do, do that. Thank you so much. Have an incredible week and I'll see you next week.